All right, my friends, I ask you, is there anything more wholesome than Jimmy Stewart? I mean, the guy could be doing anything and it could feel wholesome. He could be selling you weed on a street corner and say that he stole it from your grandmother and you would still think this man is the most wholesome man out of all the mans in the world. And guys, let me tell you, shop around the corner. Wholesome is cake, if cake can be wholesome, because well, if cake is wholesome too, just like Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan and The Wizard of Oz, Frank Morgan. This movie was the basis for You've Got Mail, and you can see why someone like Nora Ephron would realize, ah, I, need, I should do that. And then she did, with the second most wholesome man in the history of world, Tom Hanks. So watch the original, the OG, the shop around the corner. Next week, it's You've Got Mail. But this week, it's the original. And you'll see why. It's the wholesome, wholesome, wholesome Jimmy Stewart in the shop around the corner. I have a question for you. And we are we are live. We are live oh. coming to you. Oh, that's how you're going to start. Ah, can you can you turn off whatever that ad is on IMDb? Ah. If that creepy girl Smile. smiling at me. Ah. Um, speaking of ads, I looked at an ad. And it showed Harrison Ford in the new Yellowstone show, the Yellowstone spinoff. Oh, yeah. It's called Yellowstone. Red, Redstone. <laughs> I have a question for you. Would you concur that Harrison Ford is our generation's John Wayne? I would concur that Harrison Ford doesn't care exactly. about anything. And neither did John Wayne. He cared only about his cowboy coffee. And his no, they are rooting, compl- shooting, two gun, dooting. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> Ryan. How many, uh, how many John Wayne movies have you seen? And, and what do you know about John Wayne as a person? There's the one with the um, World War II one. Yeah, okay. One oh, wait, no, you have seen a John cow- Wayne, right? You know, I don't think I've seen any John Wayne movies. You, you haven't seen The Searchers? Haven't seen The Searchers. Like, they, like we we talked about this 15 years ago of when we were going to live together. I had a list of movies that I was going to show you. You had a list of movies that you were going to show me. You were going to show me Westerns, and I was going to show you rom-coms. I guess I way overdid it. Um, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> I had definitely seen more rom-coms than you, though. Spit take? What? You For think, sure. You think you've seen more rom-coms than me? No, at that point when we made that list, uh, for sure. That can't be what happened. Well, I don't know. I haven't I, seen any westerns. Well, you here, let me down. I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to right back to that moment, which was at Ken's Artisan Bakery <laughs> on 21st. And we made a list of things that we were going to watch sequentially in order. And we yeah. decided to start with westerns because it was the thing that you'd seen the least. Yeah. It wasn't that I was going to show you all these wonderful westerns and you were going to show me rom-coms, you weirdo. You let me down. I haven't seen I, any John Wayne movies. That's fine. Hey, I have seen Harrison Ford movies. Okay, so. but is your question was, is Harrison Ford the new John Wayne? No. Not the new John Wayne. He's Our not even generation's the- John Wayne. Someone of such stature that he's an icon beyond you know cinema he he transcends he is he he's bigger than the movie i mean there's a lot of people who do that though i don't think anyone can rival harrison ford han solo indiana jones rick deckard rick uh there's there's only the one rick wait so you're saying that you're saying that harrison ford transcends those roles i'm saying people who aren't like movie people know who harrison ford is 
and say like they're like name a movie star. Harrison Ford probably be you know top three choices. I mean, same. I, I think same could be said of like James Dean or Marilyn Monroe. No or living working actors. Our generation. Tom like, Hanks. Yeah. Well. Okay. Thanks well, for thanks for running with well, me on no, this no, bit. No. 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 As far as the bit's concerned, I'm just against the premise because John Wayne is like known for one thing. Um, fighting. <laughs> I mean, probably those two. Um, besides being kind of racist, <laughs> he's he's known for being a cowboy and sure. a tough guy. Well, I, I just mean right? I, I'm thinking of correlation of age, like John Wayne in his in his later heyday. So then the 1970s John Wayne and Harrison Ford today is yeah. basically 1970s equivalent of John Wayne. Um, it feels like they have the same kind of accomplishments of being a a mainstay of the movies for decades I, I, and being in these iconic roles. I guess so. what I would say is that John Wayne himself is far more iconic than his roles. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a John Wayne movie, the characters themselves, like Hondo or um, whatever whatever son he was in the sons of Katie elder or mm-hmm. whatever his name was in the searchers. Nobody knows those people. The only, the only person I uh, think in the old, old school of that would probably be Bogart of like Rick from, you know, Casablanca. Right. But even then, I, well, I or think, Sam Spade. Yeah. I, th- I think you're onto something there. Oh, I am. But I, I don't, I, you, you derailed me. I, oh. I think John Wayne is, is, as a human being, way more well-known than his characters. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford's characters far more well-known than Harrison Ford. True. Yes. So they're kind of, they're not opposites, but they're a little a little different, I would say. Okay. Well, I'm still planting my flag here, and I'm going to say- go, go back to the Humphrey Bogart. I think Humphrey Bogart- that, that, There is an iconic and man they're both and character. And they kind of grouchy. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, Sam Spade- the uh, I don't I I always don't, forget the big sleeps character's name. What is his name? Um, Dashiell Hammett. <laughs> no, the writer guy. Man, all the noir like Casey they, Andrews they is going to be so mad at no, me. No, I was He's thinking like, we I read was, that book. I was literally asking you this the other day when we were in the bar. Remember I when I was forget. talking about like cigarette packs? So that kind of blows our whole theory out of the water. I can't remember the name from you know. Dashiell Hammett's oh, titular yeah. character. Not even that well, titular. Well, but we're very far removed, aren't we? It's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of iconic actors of their day, mm-hmm. let's talk about James R. Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. And here, in one of his many iconic roles. Oh, wait. Before you keep going, is Humphrey Bogart and Jimmy Stewart, are, how close are their accents? Do a Humphrey Bogart. Uh, She... Okay, now do a Jimmy Stewart. Ah, uh, she. <laughs> okay, so you just go higher. <laughs> well, wait, yeah, what? there's a little bit wavery with Jimmy Stewart. Uh, okay. Jimmy Stewart is the middle ground between Don Knotts <laughs> and Humphrey Bogart. Brian. <laughs> okay, what movie are we watching? We're watching The Shop Around the Corner. Cue the MGM music. Do-do-do-do-do. Tell me a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not, it's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Jimmy Stewart. Wait, hold on, I have to admit to the audience. You have seen this movie. I have seen this movie. I saw this movie once, I think Robin showed it to me, like, 
the year we started dating, probably. I just I just completely spaced on it. It's a classy ass black and white movie to throw on while you're making out on the couch. Right? Ooh. Is that yeah. what you guys were doing? Um, you know, it was past that six month phase. So oh, okay. we probably were like, let's watch this let's just... nice movie and make out afterwards. Uh, that's a yeah. good plan. Uh Jimmy Stewart plays Tom Hanks. And <laughs> Margaret Sullivan plays. I like Meg literally Ryan. looked at the IMDb. You're like, Wait, a minute. Wait, really? <laughs> so you've got mail as a remake of this, and hey, next week for T Thanksgiving we'll be doing the remake. Okay, you've got mail. but there's some really weird. Maybe we should get into it more next week. Yeah, we will. But there's some really weird, not quite a remake sequel. Yeah, this to that movie that doesn't make sense unless one of them. Unless the grandpa in You've Got Mail is an immigrant. Yeah, this is this is like a remake if you squint remake, which is almost preferable. Well, I think it's a prequel if you squint. A prequel? Yeah. Well, because that's the whole thing, right? Because Where... this is Kathleen Kelly's grandmother. Yeah, it's a prequel. <laughs> okay, so there's a midquel that we missed. Okay, hold on. Walk me through. <laughs> okay. Like, you legitimately think this is a prequel. So... <laughs> In, here we go. In You've Got Mail, uh-huh. Tom Hanks has a grandfather. Yep. And he says that he knew slash dated the woman who used to own a bookstore. And yeah. they, they met writing letters back and forth. Meg Ryan's grandma or mother. Grandma? Mother. Uh, Meg Ryan's mother, I think. Y- yeah. Yeah, because no. he names her. We'll watch next week. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll watch see, next we'll week. We'll get the detail next week. It. But so, <laughs> but what my theory presupposes <laughs> is that maybe their ancestors <laughs> <laughs> met in Hungary. This is in hun- Budapest, yep. right? Yep. And so there, there's just a whole string of these families either getting together or almost getting together and populating via letters. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, now that I think no, about it. no. I think my theory about John Wayne held more water than your theory does. Mm, but that's okay. debatable. Uh, either way, it's it's one of the more fascinating cases of a remake, quote unquote, yeah, quote because unquote. it's pretty loose. But then there's other times that we'll get into it. It's like almost oh, no for no, almost yeah, beat for beat. Like yeah. especially outside the the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So we meet the all American James Stewart playing the all Hungarian Alfred Krolik. Uh This is set in Mr. Krolik. <laughs> this is set in Hungary because everyone who worked in Hollywood was European. <laughs> yeah, is that why? Uh, Ernst Lubitsch is German. Okay. Um, Mik- Miklos Laszlo. Um, and Ben Hecht and Samson Raffleson. I'm pretty sure Miklo Schlazlo is from Europe. Okay, I mean, that I, makes I would, sense. I would, th- I would think. Um, and it's his play. And he's, oh, okay. See, and it he's felt from like it Budapest. was based on a play. It's his play. Okay. And then yeah. Samson Raffleson Raffleson, um, and Ben Hecht. Ben Hecht, who worked on such gems as Scarface, Scarface Notorious, and no, I think he did... No. Notorious. He did Gilda, Spellbound, Lifeboat. Oh, are these all the un? Is these he- are all the ones he's worked on. Foreign correspondent. He's worked. Oh, His Girl Friday. 
His Girl Friday. He worked so, on His Girl Friday. So was he a doctor or like what What was his script contribution then? Because all of those say uncredited. Yeah. Back then, the WGA wasn't so organized. Well, and yeah, so getting your screenplay credit was a little tougher back then. Yeah. And I, I know that like a lot of movies were written by people, a lot of women actually, who like were basically part of the studio and they're like, write this. Ugh. Countless Write the story. Countless women. Okay. Alfred Hitchcock gets so much credit for writing movies, yeah. but Alma Revel, his wife, was the writer. Like she was the one in the room actually writing, and he got all the credit because he was the director. But it was really Alma and his assistant, Joan Harrison, who was doing most of the work, and he got the credit. They should make a movie about that. Uh they tried. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> um, I mean, Alfred Hitchcock was the one kind of like keeping everyone on task. He ran it like a showrunner ran a script session, sure. but mm-hmm. all the hard work <laughs> was of Joan the of the yeah. script was yeah. Joan Harrison and totally. Alma Revel. Um, and who knows what countless women was in the writers room when they were working <laughs> on the script. Um, ah, Ryan keeps sorry the smile ad keeps <laughs> ah, coming up. Don't, don't, don't do it anymore. So we meet uh, Mr. Krolik, yeah. and he. Well, we meet the whole crew right. working at this shop. Let's, let's name all our people. Uh, so you got Mr. Vadas. Mr. Vadas. Vadas. He's, he's got, the big one with the mustache. You got Pirovich. Yeah. He's um, no, Vadas. Vadas is the is the okay. There's some. Oh, char- you're right. You're right. You're right. The characters in here remind me of the cast of Frasier, because um, this guy Vadas reminds me of Gil. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because he felt coded at the beginning. Yeah. Like he's he's very he's very fancy. He's very got his fan- scarves. He's he's very dandyish. His eloquent necktie. He's got a ragtime hat. Yeah. Um, um which, you know, this is Hollywood code. Sure. This isn't us putting that on him. Yeah, this yeah. is what they tried to, you know, skirt through. And may I my my more delicate read of it is it's okay, spoiler alert. Uh-huh. We'll just get into spoilers sure. now. He's stooping the boss's wife. Right. Mr. Vadish says. I think her and maybe some other dudes too. Like he just seemed the type to just kind of like enjoy as much as he can. Yeah. And he, he does, he's the kind of character who wears a big mask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a, he's very much, he reminded me a little bit of Andy in Andy's first two seasons of the office where he's a complete yes man. Right. And so, I don't know. There's something about him that feels like he's a he's a swinger. He goes he goes which way he will. Yeah, I think he goes. That's not what a swinger is, but (laughs) I think he goes to those Hungarian clubs and he just has a good time. Yeah, the baths. They have a lot of baths there. Uh, Um, You got Pirovich, who's like the really nice older guy. Yeah, he's Kralik's buddy. Um, We've got Pepe. Pepe's my favorite. He's the he's the runner. Yeah, uh Um, and then the women was Flora, Alona, um, and then there were only two. I feel like there was, I guess that's the, the two. And then Clara Novak. Yeah, Clara is the one that comes in is later. The, is the new girl. Yeah. Um, and so we meet the whole crew, get ready for work. Yeah. And we get the personalities. We already explained Vadas. And Pirovich has a baby and a kid and it's just a nice family guy. Yeah. And he's just an old world he's a Hungarian man. guy. He's got, he has a really thick Hungarian accent. And Jimmy Stewart has his American Jimmy Stewart accent. And uh, you know what I like is that they, they didn't say everybody do an accent. They're just like everybody just do your accent it feels like yeah totally and this movie should be said came out in 1940 Woo. so it's a very weird time yeah geopolitically it, to have it's probably filmed while hitler was invading poland yeah <laughs> so 
it's a really weird geopolitical mishmash of nationalities in this European country. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is. Wow. Um, I mean, what is America if not filled with a bunch of people, huh? Setting your movie in a country that's not yours. Yeah, I mean, that too. Filming um, it on the Paramount backlot <laughs> or the MGM backlot. Uh, so then we've got, uh, you know, who else? We Pepe is the runner and mm-hmm. he's kind of annoying, but he has this, uh, what's his attitude? He's... He is a kind of an Eddie Haskell type. Yeah. Like, he's like a... Hey, I'm gonna make my way up in this world, but he he also has got some smooth operating at the same time. Even if he's like, hey, hey, he's like ten percent dilettante, ninety percent or eighty percent like con man, ten percent salesman. Like not con man. No, but like, no, he's no, really... no. I think you're actually on the right track there. He is. He's not a con man, but he really could be if he, he wanted to. He sees his opportunities and he takes yeah. them. Yeah. He's kind of he's a ruthless businessman. Let's but put it that way. He's also a caring friend. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's As a we'll good find dude. Out. Um and then the other women characters don't really get much development. Sorry, yeah. other women characters. They just are there. Um, they they not, seem nice. Not Fiona or Flora, but the the other one has a little bit more development. Um which is I mean, she just <laughs> she she is there. I guess you're, she talks more. There's yeah, one of them that doesn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we meet, well, Flora, we understand Flora lives with her mom. That's the only detail that we get. That's right. So, well, and we, we meet all these people out in front of the shop that they work at, which sells like leather goods among other things. It seems pretty utilitarian for, you know, 1940 of like, I saw, I saw luggage. I saw like, there's a cigar boxes, cases, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like a pretty, I wallets. Know. I mean, uh, everything does seem like leather-ish. Yeah, it yeah. seems like the uh, a, a chunk of what Macy's and Nordstrom's is now. Yes. But it, it's the thing that kind of got gobbled up into department stores in the latter half of the right. century. It's, it's the kind of place where you could work as a person who was over 40 and be like, yeah, this is a career. Yeah, because, you know, you, you, you sell some fine leather goods, like a, a, an expensive luggage set. Like if that's it's that what you guys are selling, you can make some good commissions doing that. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, though, because we see them make there's there's a lot made of money in this movie yeah. where they're making the regular clerks who seem to be making about 200 whatever's. A yeah. month. And um, then in one night on like Christmas Eve, they make 9,000 of those. And I remember those nights at, Th- at Saucebox where I was like, yep, I made $200 tonight and uh, the house made $10,000. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's the house has to do a lot to pay yeah. for everything for sure. But it, the like disparity of money there, I was like, Oh man, I feel tip like your I did waiters. a lot of, keep yeah, tipping keep, your waiters. Keep tipping your waiters, please. Um, yeah. So we meet them all out front and it does feel like a play immediately. It's just these people all talking to each other, trying to get like either one ups with each other, just figure out like what happened last night. And we find out that Jimmy Stewart had dinner at the bosses, the owners. Yeah, with Mr. Matichek and his wife, Mrs. Matichek. Mrs. Matichek. Um, and they're like, ooh, ooh, Mr. Senior Employee getting dinner with the the big boss. And Jimmy Stewart's like, nah, leave me alone. <laughs> He's like, it was just dinner. Yeah, and so uh, we already got the dynamics set up then. So we see what the shop is like. And, and Mr. Matichek is the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Um, <laughs> He's played by Charles, what's his name? Frank Morgan. Frank Morgan, really, never mind. Really close there. Frank Morgan. Who, who's the Charles guy over there? Um, 
Charles Halton plays a detective. Oh, the detective. Yes. That's right. Very important role later on. Uh, so we 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 get what kind of boss Mr. Matichek is, and he's an old fashioned. 20th century boss of first he's really nice and super helpful but then fire rains down from hell when something's not going right yeah and he he wants a yes man but he doesn't want a yes man i like pirovich like every time he's asking for someone's opinion pirovich like i'm out of here yeah. uh because like vadas is like an insufferable yes man and he'll just uh, just be like oh this is of course mr matichik you made the most brilliant choice mm-hmm. But and, and but Jimmy Stewart, Mr. No, Crawlidge. No, Jimmy Stewart is not having it. And Jimmy Stewart, as in most movies, is just a wonderful role model to us all. Where it's like, don't suck up to your boss. Yeah. Be honest to your boss. And but don't do it in a way where you're you're telling him flat out you're wrong. Yeah. Give an opinion. Yeah. Like just, there's still a lot of deference and respect showed. Yeah. Mr. He's like, Mr. Matichek, uh, I don't think it's us. Um, here, here's why. And let mm-hmm. me just, you know, give me my educated opinion. And no, 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 no <laughs> Mr. No, Matichek no. is like, uh, you sure? Come on. I think it's a good idea. And man, I had, this is, this reminds me of my other older jobs where it's like, my boss always had the greatest atten- intentions, but it's like, no, 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 no. And I tried to Jimmy Stewart my way through, but I never got listened to, mm. which is why you don't quit jobs, ladies and gentlemen. You quit your manager. That's what happens. So, yeah. I mean, unless what's a job you'd quit? Um, Executioner. You know, <laughs> you know, that's that's one I could understand leaving. Yeah. Just because of the job. I would agree not to do that anymore. <laughs> that makes sense. My boss was great. Just couldn't stand the work. But <laughs> there. <laughs> I didn't have a head for it. <laughs> there, There is something kind of Marxist about this whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's about the proletariat and the management and mm-hmm. like fighting for your rights and like these people fighting for jobs and for work. Yeah. And you, you see like a little bit of the disparity between like how much the clerks make and how much the boss makes. Because yeah. like when his wife's just like, I need a thousand dollars. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just send somebody over with it. And he like gets it out of the register, whereas they're walking home with 200 a month. Yeah. And it's just like, Ugh. all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, see, cool. I see what we're talking about here. Uh, and then hold on. Pirovich. He is the neutral between, yeah. like, between Vardis and and the other one because mm-hmm. he's he's like, he's happy. He seems to be this very content man who is the epitome of what Jimmy Stewart wants to be, except that he has no ambition. Right. Right. Yeah. He he's just, happy where he is. He's like, I just want to, I want to work and be happy and go home. And if any friends come over, they come over after dinner. Yeah. Very, very humble man. Yeah. Can't fault him for it. But Jimmy Stewart, he wants to climb that ladder. He wants, yeah. he wants that management position. Maybe it'll be Crowlich and company one day. Exactly. Did you notice uh, all the writing in this movie was um, in Hungarian? Mm-hmm. That was cool. Well, I, liked I that. should hope so. It's set in Hungary. Yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything it, like actually a hollywood movie set in a foreign country that actually hewed to authenticity yeah because like it was i don't know it was hungarian marks or something like that that was the the currency yeah but, i can't remember what it was either but like the names like throw away the accent when which i think is fine and smart um but i just i liked the building of this world yeah definitely yeah um very beautiful beautiful looking movie uh then we meet clara who comes in and jimmy stewart does his salesman speech to her and Mm -hmm. she does this thing where she just kind of lets him ramble and then kind of answers him and you know makes it clear that she's not buying she's not buying anything and he's like oh okay Mm -hmm. and it takes her like forever to get out that she's really begging for a job and he's like 
you could have told me that up front and I wouldn't have to go through the whole dog and pony show. Yeah. And she, she seems very mousy, mm-hmm. like where she's like timid, but she wants this job. And, you know, I, I think that's why she like can't interrupt him. Cause you see her try a couple of times, but he's like, well, let me show you this. And mm-hmm. maybe you'd like this instead. She's mousy, but she's conniving though. She is small. She is, but fierce. Yeah. Um, and she is, Oddly bold at the yep. same time. Yeah, where like la- like later she's trying to get the the job from uh, Mister Matichek. I want to keep wanting to say Mouskowitz, because <laughs> um, <laughs> of American Tale, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Mister Matichek is like, no, 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 no. Let's let's not uh, hire. We don't need to hire anybody. And she like sells people on this cigarette box or cigar box that yeah. keeps coming back in this story. Yes. Where. Jimmy Stewart has good reasons why they shouldn't sell it because he's like, every single time you pick it up and, you know, open it, it plays this weird song. And then you, every time you reach in there, you're going to hear that song. It's going to make you not like that song or that Mm -hmm. box anymore. So it's a bad product. And so Jimmy Stewart is filled with like conviction and virtue and he, he wants to only sell good things. And she's like, no, it's just how you sell it. Mm-hmm. So she gets into a position where she first she first tries to add, like get Jimmy Stewart to be like, uh, interview me for a job. And he's like, trust me, we're not hiring. Well, let me talk to the boss. He's like, he doesn't want to talk to you. And she like talks to the boss. And he's like, we're not hiring. Get out of my face. And Jimmy Stewart's like, I'm sorry. I tried to tell you. But she keeps, she keeps trying the tack. And there's a point. <laughs> did you catch this? Where she's like trying to make her case. And she's like floundering for a second. And Jimmy Stewart is like watching out of the corner of his eye. He's like, oh, yes, fail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, this movie was filled with good, good moments like that. And James Stewart, what a, what a close to his vest actor. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I couldn't help but thinking about um, Tom Hanks in this movie. Yeah. Every single time I saw subtlety from Jimmy Stewart, I thought Hanks would do that, but just, a l- with a little bit more, <laughs> I don't know what it is. More hanksiness, yeah. You know, with like a little bit more verboseness. Yeah. Well, it does make you think about how there's something about Jimmy Stewart broke onto the scene in the mid '30s. He was in The Thin Man Two. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I thought we watched that together, didn't we? We've only watched the first. Oh, okay. Well, when you watch it, you'll see Jimmy Stewart show up, and it's one of his earliest roles, and that's like 37, 38, or something like that. And oh, so he, right before this. Yeah, and so he uh, just has the the right kind of acting style that agreed with this new style of film acting, which was with sound acting, because in the twenties is all silent, and so he had to be much more like mm-hmm. uh, uh, performative. But this, he's got. I can't think of any other actors in the 30s that had this kind of subtlety, you know? Yeah. Uh, So. But then she does her salesmanship. Clara, like, was like, oh, I'll sell you a cigar box. So she takes the cigar box to this lady and she's like, oh, it would make a good candy box. And she's like, oh, well, the reason why it'd be a good candy box is because it'll make you not want to eat candy. Yeah, because the lady doesn't want it at first. She's like, oh, no, I mean, I do too much sweets as it is. Thanks. And she's like, oh, no, that's the reason why Mm -hmm. the music exists. She's a good salesman. She's a good salesman. She's a good liar. Mm -hmm. Good at lying. And um, ends up selling it for more than it's worth. And so Mr. Matashek's like, heck yes, hire her. I I think both you and I can relate to this kind of like 
thinking the more the Clara way of selling something. Cause like when I worked in the service industry, I wanted them to buy a bottle of wine and I had them cause I worked in a movie theater restaurant. I had them for another two hours. I'm like, you want to get a bottle of wine for the movie. You're going to be here for like two hours. And so like that Clara way of like upselling and just getting them to get the sale, no matter what mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I'm pretty proud of her. That's my girl. See my, my here, uh, should I give this away? Your your sale your secret sales tip your saucy secret sales tip. Okay, so this was my my way I could just basically up upsell if mm-hmm. I wanted to. You find three things, okay, and they are the most middle and least expensive things uh-huh. of your three. You just have delineation. Each one of them costs a certain amount, and you say, you know what, this is good. This this cheap thing. It is really good. Um, I would say that the most expensive thing is better, but what's even better than that is the one that's just less expensive than the top one. Mm -hmm. So people would be like, Oh, well, okay. If I really want this cheap thing, I can go for it and I won't feel bad because he said it was good. Right. But he said the second best thing was the most expensive thing. And then he said the second or the most, the best thing was the second least expensive thing. So he's not trying to upsell me Mm -hmm. because he's telling me the best thing here is not the most expensive thing. You cut a fine cloth in between the Jimmy Stewart way and the Margaret Sullivan way. Honestly, it was usually true because our most expensive items were not worth it. And so 98% of the time I was telling the truth, but there were other times where I was just like, you want this one. Well, I'm quite proud of you. So, I'm not. I feel bad. <laughs> so she gets the job. And so now there's a bit of a, a rivalry between. Yeah, they start the off on girl. the wrong feet. Yeah, because he feels like he got made fool of and she sold the thing that he doesn't want them to sell in the first place. But he still kind of won the argument because it ends Nobody up. Nobody buys it. Yeah, they have a bunch of cigar boxes that are piling up in the, the display window. So we learn that Jimmy Stewart confides in Pirovich and he's like, hey, check out this letter I got oh, from yeah. a girl. Mm-hmm. And Pirovich is like, really? A girl? <laughs> and we learn about this pen pal situation he found himself in. Basically, mm-hmm. there was like a singles ad, but it was like single ad for like educated people who just wanted to like write letters between each other. Yeah. Hey, do you want a pen pal that lives in the same city? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. And so this is aim before aim. Yeah, exactly. So this girl is very poetic and she's eloquent and they, she talks about big ideas and he's totally smitten by her intellect. Yeah. They, they hit it off right away and, and her emotional, um, Mm -hmm. like she, she seems a romantic. Mm -hmm. She's got a nice, beautiful soul. Um, and Pirovich is like, nice pull way to go, buddy. Yeah. It's like, are you going to, you're going to make it happen? He's like, I haven't met her. I don't know. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we get Jimmy Stewart and Krolich and Novak are two leads. Don't like each other very much, but it all kind of comes to a head on this day where everybody's trying to get out of work early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Matichek is f- pissed off. He's yes, having he a is. bad day. Mm-hmm. And oh man, you do not want to be in the boss's eye line when he's having a bad day. And he seems to be taking it a lot out on Jimmy Stewart, but we don't know why. Yeah, and Jimmy Stewart's like, why is he gotta why is he gotta gang up on me? <laughs> I'm his oldest employee, <laughs> but I'm pretty young still. <laughs> yeah. I'm twenty-five, but I look forty-seven. <laughs> I've been here for twenty years. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, we we hear from Clara that she's got a date that night and that she's mm-hmm. trying to get out of at eight thirty. Mm-hmm. So does Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart's got a date at eight thirty. Do you think? If you hadn't seen You've Got Mail, do you think you would have clocked that they were going on a date together? I don't think I this movie tries to hide it. Yeah, I would have yeah. clocked that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. And so, you know, Matichek tells them, you're all staying late. And first, Clara is like, okay, I got to get out of this. So she goes to uh, Jimmy Stewart and she butters him up mm-hmm. real nice. She's and selling... She- herself she had me going i'm like oh it sounds maybe they're turning a new leaf and then she's kind of like okay great since we're getting along could i get out early tonight and jimmy stewart's like okay i see what's happening here see i saw her the whole time i was like i know what's going on yeah i've i've been buttered before yeah thank you very much i've oh man the nights where i really try to get off early i was not so good well i mean clara doesn't totally succeed no but she does inevitably, actually. Yeah, uh, I think it's something where the well, Jimmy Stewart gets fired right. that day. It's a hard scene. It's too, a hard, long day because he's gonna. He really wants a raise, and Matuschek won't give it to him. And then he like confronts Matuschek, just like, "What is going on?" He's like, "I don't think you should work here anymore." Basically, yeah. and they have what is a pretty amicable firing yeah. for. He's let, for what is going on in the background. He's let go. And we, the audience, and the rest of the employees are like, why would he get fired? He's the best one. Yeah. Like, what is what is going on here? And there, there's some really subtle background work where Vadas is sent to take care of some errands at the boss's house that day mm-hmm. when it was going to be Jimmy Stewart. Right. Right. And well, there there was another thing that was hinted at really early on where Matichek was like, oh, we had a great time at dinner the other night. Uh-huh. My wife had a she was really she's really interested in you or not. Mm-hmm. She, like she really liked you. She liked you a lot. And, you know, if um, I like her and if she likes you, then I like you. Yeah. And, so, and, and, go. so what I'd like to do is what's called a threesome. <laughs> It's a new term. <laughs> I, it's, it's the tw- it's the tens, the twenties. I don't know when this is set. <laughs> I, it's set in the thirties. Okay, I think it's supposed to be in the throes of the depression still, which is oh part- yeah, because they were saying everybody's out of work. That's yeah, right. partly why Clara was so desperate because she left her old job, and we kind of put well, she puts two and two together for us. She's yeah. like, well, you know, I've been here and here and here, and nobody's hiring. And but when I was working at this other department store, the guys were like, hey, help me in the back. But oh, they yeah, were really right. saying, I'll help you in the. Uh, and she's like and that's why i left and jimmy stewart famous stick man of <laughs> hollywood um leaves her alone and is a gentleman mm-hmm. because yes. they dislike each other yeah he's like i wasn't even thinking about it in the first place um but basically uh Hor- not horowitz manachek manachek big boss <laughs> he sends everybody home and who should show up but a private detective mm-hmm and he's been following his wife around. And indeed, his wife is sleeping with somebody. And it's with one of your employees, just as we had suspected. And it is Vadas. Vadas. And Matichek's like, what? I was and, sure and, it was Jimmy Stewart. And the audience is like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> you want to check that again, pal? <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Stewart. Um, his he, name is Cleared. 
his name is cleared, but he doesn't know that yet. And right. he's really depressed. Uh, but, you know, Pirovich goes and gets him. And that basically what's hap- supposed to happen is he is supposed to meet his lady. Yeah, tonight. they were they were going to meet. And she had a copy of Anna Karenina with a flower in it. <laughs> and and I'm just going to say, which one. Anna Karenina versus... Pride and Prejudice? Yeah. Two very Go different with Pride books. and Prejudice. Yeah. Uh, Anna Karina is not a good portent of the romance you are about to have. Sure. <laughs> Maybe but not. It is, it is It is. intellectual. Yeah, it certainly so. is. Um, and so Pirovich... You know, he's like, no, you should go out because Jimmy Stewart's like, I don't feel like going out now that I'm unemployed. I'm not really in the mood. Yeah, he I don't blame he, one bit. He says the way he says this is he was going to go pretend to be a not pretend to be a big man, but to act impressive, mm-hmm. which seems to go against Jimmy Stewart's character's style. Like he's very upfront and honest. But with this woman, he's like, I'm going to put on airs a little bit. Yeah. Um, so he's like, ah, I'll, I'll just go. I'll just go. And just like the scene in You've Got Mail, beat for beat, Pirovich looks into the shop window mm-hmm. and he's looking around and Jimmy Stewart's like, you look for me. I can't, I can't face it. You you look. And Pirovich is like, oh, there's a very pretty lady, uh, but no book. <laughs> uh, oh, there's there's a pretty lady. Uh, kind of like that Kathleen Kelly. I, I, I mean, I mean, Clara uh, Nova. Novak. <laughs> um, if you if you thought Clara Novak is pretty, then you'll think this girl is pretty. Why? Because it's Clara Novak. Interestingly enough, Jimmy Stewart just completely dismisses whether she's pretty or not. Yeah, true. You know, and um, so we don't really get whether he thought she was pretty in the first place. The very, you know, plays it close to the chest. Yeah, very yeah. gentlemanly. Yeah, very, very stewardish. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just like in in you've got mail. He he's like, no, I'm not going to go. Goes away, but then comes back because he can't. He's help himself. more gentle, gentlemanly than Tom Hanks was, where he's like, well, I'm going to go mess with Meg Ryan. Yeah, he, he takes his time. He's like, do I go in? Do I go in? Uh, I guess I'll go in. Yeah, but I mean, he in the end, I feel like he does more messing with yeah. by that end scene. But when he's just like doing that tete a tete back and forth, it, they have they have really good conflict chemistry together. Mm-hmm. But boy, is is Miss Novak just she pulls him down, man? Like she's she pulls meaner him down. than she, deni- she denies him all humanity, and you know we'll talk about this next week, but. The you've got male man character. I'm not going to say you've got male male character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a lot more n- in need of redemption, whereas Jimmy Stewart in this movie, uh, he's a salesman. Well, well, you yeah. know, like she's she's more conniving than he is. Yeah, he's he's not white bread necessarily, but he's just like a good guy. Yeah, but she like tells him, "You have no humanity. You're just a salesman. You yeah. have no heart." And, and Jimmy Stewart's like. Okay, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> but he's still intrigued. Oh yeah, he's still intrigued by her, which is um, which is interesting because he knows it's it's amazing that he is still after she's insulted him so badly. But he does know that other side of her. Yeah, yeah, right? which is important. I mean, this you you see this with me and Sarah like. You saw the. She insults you so much. You saw the beginning of our courtship, where we, all of our time spent together, was arguing in a coffee shop, and it's not like she would argue with me like this. But having spirited conversation with that person you think is really hot is just the best. Yeah, it's good because it adds that competition spice to things. Yeah, but the chemistry in this movie is very much about this contentiousness between Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan, but that contentiousness 
very easily can be blurred into romance. Yes. Mm. It's the other side of that coin. Yeah. Janus. Uh, so, y- Janus? How do you pronounce your name, sir? <laughs> so Pepe comes to the shop and he's like, where did everybody go? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he doesn't know Jimmy Stewart's been fired yet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he just finds Mr. Monacek and he's like, don't do it, Mr. Monacek. Um, and then and, we hear him. That was very good. <laughs> but I mean, the, the scene is shot so beautifully because he just... We see Mr. Matichek go into the room and he's got that face where it's like, that man's not long for this world. Yeah. And when Pepe opens the door, we see him see Mr. Matichek. We see him run in, but we don't see what happens. Yeah. And then we get a... A struggle and a bullet. A bullet breaks. And it's not really a loud gun. No. It was like a stage gun. He was shooting shooting himself with like a, a... a BB gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, it breaks a lamp and then you see Pepe come back out with the gun and set it down, then go back in. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is a really cool, like it reminded me of a Tarantino shot where it's yeah. like the violence and the drama is kept off screen. So you're made to imagine what's going on. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to let you cut your ear off. I'm not letting that happen. <laughs> don't don't cut your ear off with a gun. It's not going to work, Mr. Matichek. I'm turning off that stereo that's playing stuck in the middle with you. No, sir. We're not listening to that. It, but it's um, it's not stuck in the middle with you. It's halted in the center <laughs> with thine. A Hungarian rhapsody. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Matichek's like, oh boy. <laughs> and so Jimmy Stewart gets the call to go to the, you know, the sanitarium. Yeah. The, the, the mental hospital. Let's not call it a hospital, baby. <laughs> um, I'm back. <laughs> there's a great patter between Pepe and the, the doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'd what you call a, Pepe's like, I would, people would call me a point man. I make contact between the boss and other people. He's like, are you a delivery boy? And he's like, Hey, Val, would I call you a pill pupper or a pill pusher? And he's like, fair enough. <laughs> no, he's not even like fair enough. He does that. Um, he does that like 1930s thing that you always. The harumph. Yeah, he harumphs and walks away affronted. Uh, but Pepe wins. He, he totally wins. He out. does. And, and it's like that character exists in so many different movies where mm-hmm. somebody gives him a jibe and they're just like, I can't believe you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they just walk away. <laughs> So Jimmy Stewart goes to Matichek and Matichek's like, sorry, my brother, I thought you were stooping my wife. And Jimmy Stewart's like, no, no, big, no, no, no. No big deal. Don't worry about it. And they're like, it was Vadas. And he's like, hey, Matichek's like, you're the manager now. Give yourself a raise. And he's like, I'll talk to myself about it. Yeah. And then he fires Vadas after being told to like keep it quiet. He like Jimmy Stewart Jimmy really Stewart's dangles him for all, a good All but throws him through a, a window. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matichek's like, just make it quiet. Don't make a big scene. And Jimmy Stewart does the opposite. Yeah, he makes a scene about it. Because I feel like he's wanted to do this to Vadish for a while. Totally. I would, oh man, can you imagine having the power finally to annoy, to fire the most annoying coworker yeah. of all time? Okay, so I have fired, I've, I will say this, I've been fired three times. Three separate fired, jobs. I've been fired once. Okay. Where was you, where were you fired from? Uh, I cannot say. Um, for for dis- what reasons? I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to put it on a record. But okay. I thought it was a dumb fire, and I'll tell you later. But oh. I will I will confess that I've been fired. Wait, was it a sex shop? <laughs> no, it wasn't a sex shop. Was but it? maybe it would have been a better place for me to get fired from. Was it a, a porno? No. <laughs> 
Uh, I would not be helpful at a porno shop. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, the Madame Bovary is over here. <laughs> you really want to read that sex scene. It's the best. Oh, wait, no, no. I was looking for Madame Bonary. <laughs> um, I, I was fired from Starbucks mm. in college. Um, well, you weren't sleeping that, that month. You were like, no, no, I wasn't. No, but it was a, they fired uh, two other people that month. Um, I think it was a, that, that specific Starbucks was not doing as much business, but mine was like a, you've had three strikes here. There's $5 missing from your till once you were late to a meeting and something else happened. I was like, okay, wow. I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) And if I was going to steal money, it would have been far more than $5. Um, but that place, living room where you and I both worked, that was a bullshit firing. That was so stupid. And then Hobbytown USA, I got fired from. And that one was a very good firing because the boss was like, what are you still doing here? You need to go do something else with your life. And I was like, uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I got that. I got like, let go from my temp job like a week early uh-huh. because it was for a a startup and they're like, we don't have a ton of money. Ryan, do you want the rest of your summer? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Like there, we kind of came to a mutual agreement of like, you're leaving in a week anyways. You might as well just quit and enjoy your last week of summer. I'm like, "Eh, okay. Yeah. And my coworkers like, they did what? I'm like, no, I thought it was a good idea. (laughs) Like they didn't real, they don't, they needed me to understand the injustice. And I wasn't quite there as a pro. Wait, proletariat and the bourgeoisie yeah, yeah i was the proletariat they're like join us brother i'm like nah i'm good i'm gonna go have some mountain dew and play some halo <laughs> you're like i live at my parents i would it's be fine. terrible in, in a union i yeah. would be very unhelpful um but that's okay it's a temp agency i don't think temps have unions yeah i don't i think that's the opposite of a union <laughs> yeah um but like as far as a firing is concerned this is this is rough <laughs> yeah for vadis i mean Vadish gets his butt kicked by everyone there. I love Pepe does this thing where he... He hands him his clothes but doesn't like give well, it to him. Well, no, because like Pepe... But in the, right before Vadish gets fired by Jimmy Stewart, Pepe calls Mrs. Matichek, yeah. who had been making him the personal errand boy, and he just hated that um, because he probably worked extra for her and got nothing in return. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's working on a salary. Yeah. And so... You know, it's been it's been made explicit to Pepe that Mrs. Matichek is out of the picture completely. And so Pepe just lays into her and he's like, I don't work for you anymore and I won't do your errands anymore. And oh, by the way, what does he say about Vadas? Oh, uh, I don't know. Something. And by the way, you were sleeping with Vadas. Something like that. <laughs> he, he says something where he doesn't make it so explicit, but makes it explicit. Yeah. Hangs up the phone and tells everyone who's been listening to the conversation, make your own conclusions. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't like to speak by any chance to Mr. Vadas. <laughs> that got her. Draw your own conclusions. But then he also is, he's, he's like, you know, I, I'm not going to say what happened, but I did but say Mr. Matichuk <laughs> from killing himself. He, he's like, yeah. there was a suicide or it would have been without me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so the whole shop now hates Vadas and they're yeah. like, get out of here. here. Um, and then who should come in later that day and faint, but Kim Novak when she finds out that Jimmy Stewart is the new manager. Right. And because she was, was just super rude to him. Kim Novak did a great job in Vertigo, but this one's got Clara Novak instead. So oh. it was interesting for her to show up 18 years early in another Jimmy Stewart Novak. movie. Co- I don't know. It this, is, maybe this is why. It is odd 
Clara Novak, Kim Novak, Vertigo, also a case of multiple Novaks. Yeah, and she fainted having vertigo. Right, and she was playing someone she wasn't. Right, right, oh, right. because Conspiracy of the writing? Yes, okay. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so. people, Most people were like, what are they talking about? How <laughs> high are they? Dude, where do you buy your weed? <laughs> but and she's basically sent home, and then we get the scene where Jimmy Stewart comes and checks on her Mm -hmm. and you know she's she is just beside herself with psychological illness yeah she's she's not feeling great she's sad because you know the guy didn't show up yeah and then she gets a letter of oh oh, i i meant to show up but i saw you with another guy and she's like oh it was a misunderstanding and it was all of your fault jimmy stewart but it's cool we're fine and in a much more like you know if if Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail is like lobbing a giant water balloon and hoping Kathleen Kennedy eventually gets wet, mm-hmm. but he's like throwing it from blocks away, mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart like sees her and like walks over and then smashes the water balloon in her face. Right. Where he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to marry this woman and it's going to be soon. And then in the other case, it's Kathleen Kelly and Kathleen Kennedy is. Oh, my God. <laughs> When I, came I don't up. have a correlation of Kathleen Kennedy, though. It's Kath- um, maybe oh. maybe she runs the movie store next door. <laughs> <laughs> I came over here and I was like, Ryan, I'm so tired. I don't know. I'm just it's 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 been a it's been a week. It's going to be a further week. But I think- thank you, everybody, for being OK with me getting a name slightly wrong. <laughs> You're so close all across the board. Uh, I think they need that scene in Pulp Fiction where they slam the hypodermic needle with adrenaline mm-hmm. into that girl's heart. They need to do that for dads. They're just like, hey, you look tired. Shunk. So I read a story about this Finnish soldier in World War One or World War Two. I can't remember which. But he he was running away from Soviets. So it must have been World War Two, And he took what amounted to like 30 pills of crystal meth, <laughs> which were where they were just supposed to be like pills to keep you going. And he ended up out skiing people passed out and woke up a hundred kilometers away, having skied that far and weighing only 94 pounds. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, it's funny. I was reading this article and I was just like, I wonder if I can get myself one of those. pills. <laughs> I will take 30. I just need one, one to keep going. That's all I want. Well, you know, I, you maybe- know a guy with pills for that. They they did an episode of this on Saved by the Bell where she got addicted to caffeine pills. It's oh, a God. dangerous slippery slope. Yeah, don't don't don't, do don't caffeine take caffeine pills. pills because you can just drink coffee. Crack is whack. So the next day, there's this very sad moment where we see all these mailboxes and mm-hmm. we see this very gentle hand look for her letter She's and there's wistful. no letter there. It's a cool shot. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Stewart is also, we forgot, um, the, the whole water balloon metaphor with <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy coming in. It was all about Jimmy Stewart is trying to... Ease in there. Yeah. He's, he's trying to both assert himself and... He, he wants to gently mess with her mind. <laughs> he wants to just, gently mess with her mind. Yeah. By making him seem more interesting, but like also make the guy that she's interested in less interesting, but still be both those people. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. Um, and 
but it, it makes for great drama. Yeah. But she's like, I'm going to get him one of the cigar boxes. And Jimmy Stewart's like, mm. maybe, maybe, maybe don't do that. Maybe, maybe go for the wallet. Wallet's nice. Everyone likes a nice wallet. Would you want anybody buying you a wallet, Ryan? That uh, seems really personal. I can and I have. <laughs> really? Well, I get Sarah to buy me a wallet every once in a while. But is it a wallet you've picked out? No. Uh, oh, okay. But that's, I think, I think we've lost something. I mean, I'm, I sincerely mean this. I think we have lost something in terms of like our personal accoutrement of the things. Like you were just showing me a watch you'd like to have. Uh-huh. And it, it was a handsome watch, but it's like watches were far more common then. And it's kind of like getting a watch is kind of a, a chore and it's kind of expensive now but back then watches were common and like mm-hmm. wallets are like much more customized and much more like you know everyone's like oh i've got my picture of my baby on this side and i got the letter here mm-hmm. and it was, there was much more i don't know stuff with it and a nice wallet i can understand yeah but i wouldn't want anybody unless i was like go buy me this wallet. I wouldn't want somebody buying me a wallet I didn't want. It's like buying me a hat. How do you know if that hat looks good on me? Uh, I want to go try on the hat. Um, I'm trying to think of a good correlation. It just seemed like one of those things where it's like, just get a nice one. I don't know what a nice one is, but like, get me a thing, but make sure it's a nice thing because he wants a nice new wallet. But, but Sarah just bought box. you a wallet sight unseen. And you're like, yep, this is the one I want. Yeah, I guess I haven't thought twice about the wallets that I get in my life. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't realize it was so important to you. I will think twice about buying you a wallet. No, it, it's just that I need it to be, a, I have a... Specific I have a, wallet I have a, in mind. No, I have a specific butt. <laughs> and if I have too chunky of a wallet, it's like, I don't want to sit on that all the time. That's the other thing that we, we don't have anymore. Wallets were like kept in the breast pocket. Right. You mm-hmm. know, because it was more like a checkbook wallet kind of thingy. I just listened. You got to check out. It's a, it's kind of a little older at this point in time. Not older. It was a, just a couple of years ago. But Articles of Interest. Mm-hmm. It is a It was a takeover of 99% Invisible, where this woman just basically goes through the history of clothes. Mm. And that's cool. Like the, the amount of pockets that a, uh, an old jacket had at one point in time got up to 24. Yeah. It was like too many pockets. Yeah. Right. And the reason why we don't have like a bunch of wallets and watches and stuff right now is because of phones. Cause phones have basically taken the place of everything that would go in all of those but pockets. It, like jackets would have certain pockets just for your train ticket. Right. And yeah, that's exactly. why they had uh-huh. the pocket there. It was a train ticket pocket. Like the only the only thing that I own that has a train ticket pocket is actually my wedding suit yeah. that I had made. Because they're like, we could put a pocket here for tickets. And I was just like, I mean, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? That's just so cool. I, I miss I miss stuff like that. Yeah. it's We live a far less romantic life in general because of the phone. Yeah. I think less romantic for sure. Probably less cluttered. Yeah. In certain ways. I like the clutter. It gives no, you character. I mean, I do too, but I I don't know. Like I, I have a, I mean, I have more suit jackets than you, right? Yes. Like, like sport, like sport coats, like smoking jacket type jackets. I consistently look, you know, like rubbish next to you. I, I try my best. <laughs> These days, though, I when look, we're in our dad gear, I don't it doesn't, know. I was going to say, you and I are pretty field. on par. But like, I broke one out the other day because the weather demanded it. And I was like, I feel I feel like the me that I want to be. Mm-hmm. But today's world, just you got to try. Care. You, you got to try a lot harder. If you're Plus, we live that. on the West Coast and no one tries on the West Coast. Mm. It's like, let's go in the office in my sweatpants. I'm like, yeah. We used to wear suits and hats. Like, it's so funny. Um, Ryan and I first moved here a long time ago, and I, I was wearing, like, a nice 
I was like wearing my nicest clothes out for interviews. Yeah. And somebody like I, I was stopped more times that night and asked for money <laughs> than I have since because I was dressed in my nicest clothes. Oh, Mr. Moneybags. And oh, it's like, you, you must got? have money. I was like, no, I, I, I'm begging for it. We Ryan and I moved here with like six hundred dollars. <laughs> Total. I'm really glad they approved us for that apartment. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know how. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, don't get Kelly a wallet. If you have to learn a, a lesson, don't get him a wallet. So Get me a gift card for a wallet. So speaking of mind games... Get me a jacket. I love a jacket. A nice jacket. Don't get me a wallet. Um, speaking of mind games, Clara starts talking to Jimmy Stewart jimmy stewart in the back room and she's like you know i kind of had a crush on you in fact it was more than a crush i thought you were really handsome and you seemed really nice but i was corresponding to this guy and you know i think i'm gonna get engaged in a couple days but i just want you to know that i kind of had a crush on you before he's like what the fuck do i do with that <laughs> and then also she was like you know what i was doing that thing where they said you know if you if you don't if you like a guy Treat him like a dog. But instead of licking my hand, you barked. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> of course he's going to bark. Hey, do that face again. That was a good face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, and and like, I don't know. They just, they, they have a Christmas day. They sell a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mr. Matichek checks in on them. He's like, oh, we're doing quite well for ourselves. Wonderful. <laughs> Mr. Mata checks in is one of my favorite movies, not about a monkey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they have a great day. Everyone goes home. Mr. Matichek gives them all Christmas bonuses. Yeah. And then he goes oh, home with Rudy's Rudy, <laughs> the new kid. And he's like, you don't have anyone to go home to for Christmas? He, No, sir, it's just me. He's like, well, come have duck with me well it's funny he starts with chicken soup and the kid's just like oh boy howdy chicken soup and and then he like starts upping the ante he's like and roast duck and plum pudding and champagne you're over 21 <laughs> i'm 17 sir he's like doesn't matter no one will ask <laughs> like it it's and and you feel pretty bad for mr Matichek he's until got no this one point. On Christmas. he's got no one and i i will get into this more when we're talking about like what we thought of the movie but mm-hmm. There were some very tender moments in this last scene. Yeah. yeah. And so everyone's left. It's just Jimmy Stewart and Margaret Sullivan. Jimmy Stewart's like, so I got to look at the guy mm. at your, at your bow. Um, and he, he he's okay. He, he's a fatty. <laughs> She's like, says. oh, he seemed handsome. And Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, yes, yes. For yes. his type. I mean, if, if you like a nice pot belly. And I'm like, hey, hey, fella. Hey, hey, Jimmy. They didn't really have dad bods back in the day, no. but uh, you know, I sing the song of the dad bod. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes a good dad. But bod. she was distraught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, he, he he's a fatty. <laughs> I mean, her her face gets ashen. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then she like recovers, and she's like, as long as he's witty. Uh, he seemed a little witty, unemployed, but yeah. she's like, he doesn't work. Oh no, he'll just depend on your income. So he's really just messing with her. He messes with her hard to yeah. the point where she's basically in tears. And then he's like, well, I wish maybe you'd date me. And this is right after he told her that he's basically engaged to somebody else, mm-hmm. which is her. Yeah. And then, and then he, what does he do to let her in? I'm like, I am the mystery man. He gets out the rose. Oh. Oh, at one point in time, well, no, he stepped on the rose earlier. Yeah, but he still pulls it out. Oh, yeah, you you know, you're right, he does, but I think what, what he happens- He pulls a power move, and he's like, I'm mystery man. He, no, he's like, maybe I would show up at your door, and you'd say, marry me. And she's like, don't say that. And he's like, I, I don't know, he like, 
he says something and then he puts the 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 carnation mm-hmm. in. Yeah, and she's like, "It's you the whole time." And she's like, "You don't have bow-legged legs, do you?" And he's like, "Nope, check he's out like, these gams." Yeah. And he's like, "Those those make your mouth water, lady." <laughs> and she's like, "Perfect genetics." <sighs> <sighs> and then it is it is such a slide whistle ending. Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> um that's the movie. Yeah, and I want to know what you think of it. I think it's a great movie. Super solid. Super great. Love it. What's your out of five? Four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. Just a, it's wonderfully directed, warm script, humanity. Mm -hmm. Just the humanity in it is Mm -hmm. wonderful. It's funny. It's Jimmy Stewart. It's not as iconic as like, uh, it's a wonderful life, for instance, but I feel like this is one of those like, not B tier, but you know what I mean. Where it's well, like it's a cheaper people need film. to take it seriously. Yeah, like when you when you look at this movie and really look at the amount of people who are in it, it's very small. Yeah, it is like a it's, play. It's a little bit more low rent. There is um, there is one scene where like they're outside the shop and then inside the shop where there's a bunch of people. But for a movie of its time, it feels small. There's a shot near the end where everyone is shopping and it's the whole town yeah. out shopping. And well, the, it's not all of Budapest, but, <laughs> but the fake snow is coming down. It's one of the most gorgeous it is shots really pretty. I've ever seen. Yeah. It's so amazing. What did you think? I'm right there with you. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I, I, I know we're going to do more comparisons next week, but I, I think the romance in this one is a little bit lacking for me compared to you've got mail Mm -hmm. but the humanity is is ramped up in this one just because of the the tragedy of mr matichek's situation and like his decision to try to kill himself because of it like jimmy stewart's like heartbrokenness at being fired uh just purovich's every man contentedness Mm -hmm. Uh, like there's in, in all the male characters in this movie, there is such a grand centeredness yeah. in, in their small lives yeah. that, that really endears me to the writing of the script. Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy Stewart, again, the, that role model where it's like he fights for his rights, but when he gets like taken down a notch, he doesn't he doesn't lash out like he lashes out a little, but he takes it on the cheek and he like is very has this quiet dignity about him throughout the whole time mm-hmm. and it's really admirable and is like man the, the more i more i'm hanging out with my son i'm like i i gotta like you know i'm not gonna be able to be jimmy stewart for him but it's like he sees everything mm-hmm. and it's just it's so a cliche but it's really nice to have good role models on the screen <laughs> yeah no that is true and i i do think jimmy stewart was America's dad before Tom Hanks for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, let's throw it on over to Trope Talk. Trope Talk. And we're back with Trope Talk. It's like shop talk. Because we're talking shop It's it's shop around the corner. Yeah. We're literally talking in the shop. Yeah. And Uh, what is the shop, Ryan? Uh, it's it's the it's the garage. No, it's but, where we work. Um, well, you know, when you go to the shop, you could you bring your car into the shop. Yes, that's true. Right, that's totally true, Ryan. That's how it works. But <laughs> what is it in this movie? I don't think they had cars yet. They didn't talk shop then. No, they just talked. Yeah, 
they they didn't look at their phones. That's for oh, sure. No, no, there was no, no. email. <laughs> <laughs> Kids these days. Anyway, so our, what are we right now? <laughs> pretty high. <laughs> our trope is the the workplace. You know, the yeah. workplace as setting. As setting. Um, the most famous of all example of all examples is The Office. The Office, yep. Um, and also The Office, UK version. Um, that is both setting and something of a genre that the plots kind of revolve around work mm-hmm. and being at work and having a terrible boss who's a lovable idiot. And that's not quite what's going on here, but oh, that would be interesting if you made a TV show of the shop around the corner mm. Mm. or a You've Got Mail universe. Sure. I mean, I'm trying to think like if Parks and Rec did that, but that's It pretty different. much did that. It's just government work. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what the office and Parks and Rec is because it's yeah. just the same thing in different settings with different characters. Yeah. yeah. And here we have... Uh, a very similar thing of you have the backdrop of this of this shop and the the common characters are the people who work there and the people who don't work there are not characters employee 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 the doctor employee yeah the, the detective doc- the two walk on roles where they have one scene but everyone else are either customers um or yeah they work there. Yeah, I think like we get uh, Ki- not Kim Novak's, but Ki- Ki- Kiara, Ki- Clara, Clara. <laughs> I, I <laughs> names escape me today, but Clara Novak's like got a couple of aunts or grandmas or something like that. But essentially, what matters is the drama and comedy that happens at your workplace because it is where you spend most of the time of your life with people. Yeah. And we were concerned about their livelihoods, literally like if the shop does bad, then they're doing bad and they're in trouble and we can actually get caught up in the, the drama of the shop thriving or failing. And, you know, Modicek is, well, okay. You say that, but that's kind of opposite of the proletariat, like bourgeois setup we have here. If the shop, sure. if the shop does bad, maybe one of them will get fired. But they, well, if it does bad have, enough, a lot of them will get fired. Yeah, but if they have, they don't have as much stake as uh, with the shop doing well as Mister Matochek, no. except it, reputationally, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I'm kind of worried about someone like Clara of like, okay, if the shop does bad, then she's the newest. She'll get. She yeah. would be the first to get the axe, mm-hmm. but she seems the one most desperate to have the job in the first place. Yeah, because Pepe's not going. He's he's like your your guy that can get you things. You can't yeah. get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the what else do we get with having the workplace as uh, your setting? Well, I think it adds a a sense of competition mm-hmm. for sure, uh, especially comedically, mm-hmm. um, dramatically, especially romantically. It just it provides a close quarters setting that you can't escape. It's not like oh man, something dramatic happened. I'm going to leave work for the day. Right. You don't do that in America. Are no. you kidding me? We you have stay to make there money. And you suffer and you cry in the back. <laughs> you eat some French fries and you, you get back to work like a man. Like like your corporate overlord's <laughs> desire. You have you have to go back to work. Right. And so as a as a piece of drama, as a romance, it kind of forces that conflict to bring out what you really feel. Yeah. And it's interesting just looking at the rom-coms in general where work 
or where where you work is important to the movie or not. My favorite example where it doesn't matter is Four Weddings and a Funeral. We don't know what Hugh Grant does for a living. It doesn't mm-hmm. come into the movie at all. And it makes no difference and has no bearing. Whereas a movie like Devil Wears Prada, that's the whole point of the movie yeah. is them working at this magazine. Or you have you have a movie like, let's take another Hugh Grant, like Notting Hill, for instance, mm-hmm. where the jobs themselves are important in constructing who the people are, but the actual acts yeah. of the jobs are nothing to this movie. And it's kind of weird because Hugh Grant's like, I run a wildly unsex- unsuccessful No, book- it's unsexy as well. <laughs> unsuccessful travel bookstore. And I'm like, in Notting Hill, it's unsuccessful. How are you keeping this going? It is the 90s. The <laughs> yeah. bubble hadn't burst yet. Yeah. Things seem to be going okay if you get to still live in Notting, Notting Hill. Hill. Yeah. So, but then like a movie like Bros is really interesting because he has... An, awesome career for himself he's a podcaster and an author where his books didn't really go well but now he's working but at this museum he's basically running a museum yeah like he is giving us a lot of grist for plot and stuff it's a lot of it's a lot of success where usually especially in this genre it's not about how successful you are it's about how successful you want to be because mm-hmm. you, you you lose that every man's status as soon as you you know if Anne Hathaway had stayed at that job, yeah. we would have been far less interested in her story. Right, right, totally. Right. Uh, it is interesting. You also have on the flip side, you have the school setting as as business, as workplace. And, mm. you know, like when someone, if you see someone commuting to work in a movie, it's like, yeah, they're on their way to work. Like we don't, we don't go... Oh, what are they doing? They're getting they're getting dressed. It's like eight in the morning. They, they, oh, no, they're getting on the subway. It's like okay, you're going to work. Otherwise, you'd just <laughs> walk downstairs in whatever you're wearing, <laughs> sit down on the couch, and say, "Doing nothing today." Yeah, Jason Siegel style. Yeah, um, but you know, we totally understand the convention, and the same goes for school. It's like okay, they're 15, they're going to school, and so it's like everything that happens at school, Mean Girls. Easy A, Grease. We just kind of get that school has these kind of like trappings for these kids. That right. You've got homework that you've got, you've got responsibilities and that can create conflict for us. And, you know, it's interesting. There's not a lot of school conflicts that kind of come into our stories. Like Mean Girls, Katie Heron, there's like mathletes and stuff, but there's not a lot of like conflict from like, oh my God, I have to do my homework. The Whereas Devil Wars Prada, it's like, oh, it's the big Paris trip. Right. I think it happens far more with with characters who do sports. There's always the big game, mm-hmm. right? But I, I think what both of those genres do, the work and the school, is they give us a sense of repetition. Yeah. Where if something goes good, we have to see if it stays going good. Mm-hmm. And we get to see it in the same setting over and over and over again. However, usually if it goes bad, that either means one of two things. I'll get, an, I'll get another shot tomorrow or... Oh God, I have to see them tomorrow. Yeah. Which is what we deal with a lot in this movie where she is kind of a bummer to him <laughs> when they meet for, uh, for, for not coffee. Yeah. And then she comes in the next day and lo and behold, since he still works there, she has to deal with him. And luckily he's in love with her, so he doesn't make her life a living hell, but he could have, if he wasn't in love with her, yeah. if she treated him that bad, he could have fired her, yeah. you know? And so there's always like a bit of, we're all living in this place together. So the the conflict is how well can we treat each other? And 
there's also like doubly like the Jim and Pam conflict of mm-hmm. there. I mean, they're America's favorite couple, but they also like, have you ever, you haven't had this situation before. I, I haven't either, but there's a, I've known a lot of couples who have both worked together. I guess Robin and I have worked together on film projects, but not like all the time every day. Right. But there's that like oversaturation of, do I both want to work with live with, and be romantic with my partner all at the no, same sir. time. <laughs> I mean, some some people can do it, but I think it's rare. It, it's like you always enjoy, you know, in your early 20s, the work crush was always nice because, like, if you had the same shift together, it's like, ah, it's going to be a good day. But I couldn't imagine escalating the work crush into the work girlfriend. And then, yeah, that would be, that'd be too much. I have a question about this movie now. Mm-hmm. They work together currently. Uh-huh. Jimmy and non Kim Novak. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Are uh, they is there an HR person they can report this to? What's 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 gonna I happen? I think that's tomorrow? Jimmy Stewart, so there's like some conflict yeah. of interest there. But I do think she said I might not be working here very much longer because she's expecting to like be married. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart's like, yeah, about that guy. my letter. I'm not that rich but i did just get a promotion <laughs> i am the manager now i can give you a raise i need you to work here a little bit longer yeah like there's gonna be some practical conversations i think before she quits yeah yeah, yeah. um that's business everybody that's business it's no economics. that's business time <laughs> that's business time and she's like oh yeah that's it well speaking of business time let's roll on down to some shilling for our patreon uh, this month, it's for some reason. Uh, if it's November, then that means it's Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey! All right, all right, all right! Time. So Just like every year, you patrons get to pick which Matthew McConaughey movie we do at the end of this month. And it's it's basically how to lose a guy in ten days. Like, yep, unless it's, it's some winning. big changes happen. Um, it is like the there. I was trying to think. There's not a good midterms like uh, correlation here because. You know, this midterms was wildly boring. Like, not a lot shifted dramatically. So, well, I mean, we'll see. There, there's still like the house still has some. I mean, it's 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 n- over. Is it's, it? I mean, it's it's Democrats. They don't got a chance for the house. They got oh, that they Senate. They got that Senate. Oh, okay, because it, it looked like there were some toss ups. But we have no toss ups here. There are no toss ups. It's how to lose a guy in ten days by a mile. Uh huh. So if you want to keep that mile going, jump on. Or if you want to give the other movies, which is Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, Failure to Launch, or The Wedding Planner, please, The Wedding Planner. I wanted The Wedding Planner. No, please jump in, in there. Days. Pulling, you know, like, it hasn't, it's been a while. I could I could watch The Wedding Planner, but yeah, I am excited yeah. for the other. Uh, so that's the Patreon. Also, we've got Gilmore Girls up. No. I promise. It won <laughs> it, soon. It's going to be up. Um, and this week, I'm writing again. I'm writing my essay mm-hmm. on just the state of the Oscars. State of the Academy Awards. It's California. They're always in California <laughs> yeah. every year. Uh, ooh, that would switch it up. Set it. Whoa. Put it, go to Kansas. No. Do your Academy Awards in Wichita. No, don't. Why? Why? You'd have a great time. Because that's the one time, like, that's the one other place you always went for the, that job that I mean, you can't talk about. Speaking of Harrison Ford, <laughs> that is one of the small towns that he re- he regularly visits. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's where they make airplanes there. He loves airplanes, so he, he goes down to Wichita a lot. What if, like, okay, legitimately, though. <laughs> Let's get him there. What is, no, what is the other... I think the only other places that you could legitimately, based on like a large film Event population, be New York City, New York, I guess Atlanta, 
it i mean that would be i would totally i i dare the academy to do your oscars in new york i dare you just for a i just just for shits and giggles oh and just don't even do it for like ah don't even like make it a permanent thing just go there for a year it would be this crazy weird different event and then when you bring it back to la it could be like you could you could do something like, and it's coming back to it's Hollywood. It's coming back. It would reinvigorate you for ten years. Yeah, that's what I basically want to write about. Of like, I like ten years ago, people were like, ah, oh, the state of the Oscars is in such disrepair. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm having a good time. But now I too am a naysayer. I'm like, I'm really dissatisfied with what the studios are doing to like make the Oscar bait movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm dissatisfied with what the Oscars are trying to do to lure viewers. Was it last year or two years ago where they're like, oh, and there's going to be a people ch- People's Choice Oscar where you get to vote for your favorite movie <laughs> of the year on Twitter and oh, a Marvel movie won. Yay. I mean, I guess you got to evolve with the time, but that doesn't mean you need to become MTV. Right. Uh, someone made a good argument of splitting the Oscars into three separate events, which is bold. I think my idea of going to New York is a lot better, but their argument was have your first like Oscars with just the 10 main categories. Don't do like the sound editing, sound mixing ones. Don't mm-hmm. do, don't do those. Do the 10 main ones. So it would be, hold on. It would be, um, picture, picture, writing, Adapted writing. Adapted writing. Uh, actors. Which is four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you would get best. Cinematography. Yeah. Costume design. Music. Yeah, music. Just focus on the, the biggies. Yeah, because we don't care about makeup anymore. <laughs> Maybe makeup Sorry. gets to hang out in there. <laughs> no, they're not even, they weren't even televised last time. Right. It was crazy. And then, and then they said, and then do a separate one for all the, the more technical ones, but make that the party. Make that wild. Like, oh, okay. That's where you get all the, because all the celebrities would want to bolster their colleagues and be like, you got to be checking out what these sound editors are doing. These sound, the sound mix, the VFX, like you would get all the celebrities to come out for that and make that the crazy bold party. And then do a third session for the really out there ones. Like, let's finally do that best. That already exists, the technical awards. Well, no, new ones. Like, oh. let's let's do best stunts. Like, oh, that's one we've that been be trying great. to do for so long. Let's let's recognize these people who are doing that actually that would be really cool because then also each one of these like the the entertainment could be vastly more specific yeah where like let's say let's just take sound for instance like you could do something based on space to like give I don't know. You could give everybody in the audience like those headphones, like yeah. the oral, like five point one surround headphones, and just I don't know. You could do you could do some cool stuff. But like having a night where you know you could actually sit and kind of like focus on like what Top Gun achieved of like what they did with those those jets and like get to really like actually celebrate like the hard work all these people are doing to make movies special. I think that's what we need. So read more about it in my essay. I cannot wait, mm-hmm. but I'll have to. You'll have to wait for this, but they won't because it'll it'll, <laughs> it'll be there. Just be there, yeah. Um, or you could just not wait for my Golden Sword Awards. She, a blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. 
so the scene where Jimmy Stewart gets fired. Mm. Mm. Like I said before, this movie, this movie has weight to it in the human interactions. And the way Mr. Manichek handles him Mm -hmm. is so full of humanity for what he thinks about Jimmy Stewart. Like, even though he's being like a little, he's being a little cowardly with his actions, like the way he treats them, he treats him in person could be much worse. And so in that I see humanity and the way Jimmy Stewart receives it, Mm -hmm. there is so much humanity and respect. And it just felt like an exemplary scene of there's something really bad happening here. Yet two people are still finding out how to treat each other with respect Mm -hmm. within their hearts. They're like finding that within themselves. And it just made me really want to try to emulate that more and more in my life. And so I'm, I'm giving the golden sword to like that scene of humanity. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to follow that up. It's because you can't, don't even try. Okay, the golden sword is going to that scene I was talking about with the beautiful snow falling on all the people. Absolutely gorgeous. It's just an amazing shot in a rather, you know, work about, you know, 1930s, you know, rom-com from the studios. Yeah, and it's really, like, it's not super showy, which is the weird thing about it. It's like 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 a track left. And like a pan right mm-hmm. over the street. It's very simple, but, but it's elegant. We've seen such a spare amount of people throughout this movie. Like just so few people in this film. Yeah. That when we're graced with like the dynamics of this street and the 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 snow and so many people moving around. It is, you're right. It is just an amazing shot because it stands out. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, I don't, I, I already gave my golden sword out, but it's interesting when we look at other romantic comedies of this era, it's the Philadelphia story, it's His Girl Friday, it's Bringing Up Baby. Mm-hmm. All those movies, the warmth is not really about the romance. It's about the weather. It's about the weather. Um, but, you know, we didn't get these really deeply felt romances, at least in the romantic comedies, these screwball comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Hatburn Tracys, they didn't get super deep either, but they were always a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, it wasn't until like an affair to remember in the 50s. Like the 50s movies got really deep and you really felt those movies, but mm-hmm. these are like kind of flimsy. But what you felt in these movies, especially this one, is like the common humanity mm-hmm. between everyone. And there's so many scenes of that. And I, I think bar, except for the, the very end of this movie where it gets a little silly. Yeah. Like, um... And most of Pepe's stuff. Mm-hmm. Besides that, it all is very humanitarian. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what else is humanitarian? If you if you look at it and you're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a really really yeah. small golden yeah. human. Yeah, it's the rom com I never would have known. Hold on, hold on a second. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't actually think we know what the rom com Oscar looks like physically. Um. That will be unveiled at the next Oscars. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm envisioning a special telecast. What do you think? It's just, it's two hands holding each other, but nobody can quite tell what it is. I think it's a butt, but two hands are holding the butt. (laughs) 
Okay, actually, I like that. <laughs> um, okay, mine rom-com Oscar is Best Director in Ernst Lubitsch. Ernst Lubitsch. Who, best, best Director name. Yeah, he is a legendary director. If you liked what you saw here, I highly recommend the movie Designed for Living. It's oh, I don't know that It's a wonderful one. rom-com that's on the Criterion Collection on... It's interesting that my top shelf is the Criterion Collection. It is a top shelf Blu-ray. Did you see the the Criterion announcement today of what came out? Romeo and Juliet. I know. I was like, yes. But did you see? Did you see the last one that they announced? Uh, what else did they announce? Dazed and confused, man. Oh yeah, on 4K. They also released the Three Colors trilogy, which I was like. Wait a second. How is that not on Criterion already? That's it like, is. I have the Blu-ray. They're releasing the 4K Blu-ray. Oh, I see. Got to okay. upgrade. Got to upgrade. I have no choice. I am imprisoned by these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, who, who's your rom-com Oscar? Best director. Best director. That's and right. My, Mr. Ernst Lubitsch. Um, For all the reasons we stated. I'm actually going to give this uh, best uh, supporting actor. In Pirovich. Pirovich. I was pleased as punch. Like, okay, he is not doing any great drama right. here. He is. It's not a showy part. But the I, I I rarely see a character that is so everyman like him. And he he has some moments of comedy that I like. Not only when he's running away, but he just he moves his mustache in such a way that is intentional mm-hmm. it feels like I, I i was pleased as punch with his performance and so best supporting actor have you had have you had the older work friend the the work friend who's not quite your age but you still relate to that person a lot yes it's it's so nice yes i love having like an older slightly mentor who's more of a friend than a mentor yeah, yeah. it's the best okay well in that case just tell me who'd you fall in love with are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. I think I'm going to go James Stewart in mm-hmm. this one. He's such an upstanding gent he's caring but he's got a mischievous side which i can totally understand Mm. yeah you can never go wrong with the jimmy r stewart i highly recommend for um riches beyond your wildest imagination is that hyphenated yes okay um the second Esquire. I'm going with Clara Novak. Really? Uh, I like a woman with a tempestuous side, and she is a firecracker. Y- yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't doubt it. I like a woman with a tempestuous side as well. I, there's something about Margaret Sullivan that wasn't quite for me mm-hmm. in, in the falling in love department, but uh, that doesn't mean that she isn't whip, whip smart. She's whip smart? Yeah. Um, well, what are we watching next week? Next week, just like how we did a, a compare and contrast essay for the two persuasions this, this week, we're doing a compare and contrast with our, you've got mail and our shop around the corner. Yeah. Cause it is T Hanks giving. I'm very excited. We have a couple of announcements coming up that week too. So tune in. It's going to be very important announcements. Yes. You're going to want to hear it. Um, I guess that's about 
it. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, I love you so much that I promise not to buy you a wallet for Christmas. Thanks, man. Well, I love you so much that I, should it ever be the case, I will run in and keep you from tagging yourself with a BB gun. Thank you. <clears throat> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>